Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Breathing Body. In this podcast, I invite you to journey through conversations which share the fascination of the physical matter we inhabit, the breathing body. We will explore its inherent intelligence, movement, healing, and much more. My name is Florina and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm an osteopath with a background in dance and yoga and based in London where I practice, lecture and research. And I'm so happy that you are here. Thank you. I am so touched to be sharing this episode with you, in which I'm talking to Catherine Watson-Jenner about the miracle of breastfeeding. This is a topic which is so dear to my heart and to hers, and we both share such a love for the fascination of the human physiology and biology. So, yes, it was and is a pure joy to record this, this one, this one episode for you. I feel it is also such a common wish and desire of both of us to share the message with you that breastfeeding is so much more than the pure milk transfer from breast to baby. Yes, not only did Kathy share so many miraculous facts about breastfeeding, but also invites us and you to consider real depth of chest feeding. And we also explored thoughts of the so-called nurture science, which is a term named and researched by Niels Bergman, who says that breastfeeding is the platform for future emotional and social intelligence of the child. Wow. And above all, I'm touched to be reminded for myself how breastfeeding is an invitation to listen to the intelligent nature of our body and for it to reveal its wisdom to us. Catherine is an international board-certified lactation consultant in private practice in New York City. She is particularly interested in helping moms and babies breastfeed when they have medical challenges. She loves, as you will see, to teach to locally be mentoring clinical interns and traveling to educate healthcare professionals around the world on assisting breastfeeding babies with anatomical, genetic or neurological problems. Her presentations and her writings are very much enriched by her clinical photographs and videos. And Catherine collaborates with Columbia University and Tel Aviv University, Departments of Biomedical Engineering, on research projects which are investigating the biomechanics of the lactating nipple and various aspects of sucking and swallowing in breastfeeding infants. She is the author of various amazing books and journals, and one of which is called Supporting Suckling Skills. It's via this book 
with through which I found my way to Jen, to Kathy, and it's this book is the reason why I had the absolute honor to talk to her. Yes, what is left to say? I hope you'll all enjoy our conversation, and I'm so much looking forward to be reading your thoughts and comments about this episode on Instagram or Facebook or any podcast platform you are listening from at the moment. You can see where and how to find me and the breathing body in the show notes. Enjoy. Hello again and welcome on the podcast, Katie. It's wonderful that you are here. I'm honored to be invited, Florina. And you're joining us from New York City, right? Yes. Tell me, how are you? Have you been in practice today, working with clients? Uh, no, I just did some paperwork today. Today's been a paperwork day. I am slowly starting to retire from seeing clients, very slowly. I'm ah. still seeing clients, but not many, many a day mm -hmm. anymore. And mm -hmm. uh, put more effort into writing and uh, mm. lecturing. Which is amazing. I've been reading in your book again today, <laughs> which is highly informing my practice as an osteopath. Um, and maybe, maybe we start there, Kathy. Wouldn't you mind to just tell the listeners a little bit, you are a lactation consultant, that's what you're trained in. And for the days when you are in practice, what's, what does that mean? What do you, what do you do as an international board certified lactation consultant? What does your work entail? Yes. Well, I, I see parents and their, their newborn or not so newborn baby for breastfeeding problems. I specialize in families that have some medical pro problem. Either baby's got tight muscles from their position in utero or they have a heart mm -hmm. defect or Down syndrome or a tongue tie. Those are the things I really like to work with. Or mom has a medical problem. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you help them to, yeah, to, to make it possible to breastfeed, which is, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and some babies are so sick that... We find yeah. other ways to help them feed and mm -hmm. get as much of mom's milk as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a whole mixed bag. But basically, we want to encourage as much human milk and mm -hmm. as much direct breastfeeding mm -hmm. as possible because there's so many magical things about breastfeeding mm -hmm. that are good for, for parents mm -hmm. and babies. And mm -hmm. um, also, we want to promote attachment in the family. Breastfeeding mm -hmm. isn't a guarantee that there'll be good emotional health and good attachment, but it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. I love that you already used the word magic because, as you know, that's exactly what I would like to dive in deeper today. And really, that's what I wish to share with today's episodes with the world, how, how magic and what a miracle breastfeeding is. But maybe before we go there... I've read, I know that you are a lactation consultant since 1992. And I was, when I researched your background, I was wondering what were the experiences or visions or desires or inspirations? What was it which, what suddenly made you decide that's the route, which in a way is a very unique niche. Not everyone is a specialist in breastfeeding. What was it what really oh, took your 
fire and let you down that route so intensely. Yeah, especially back then, there weren't very many lactation consultants who Mm -hmm. were board certified. The board was fairly new. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it, it was definitely a new career when I certified. There were two things. First, I love biology and learning about the body and it, it's very incredible how we work and that I'm so oh, excited yes. <laughs> to be here because I know that that's what you're all about just how incredible the human mm-hmm. body is mm-hmm. so I had the background education that made this really possible and secondly my son was a challenge my firstborn he was a challenge I I say he made me a lactation consultant because I had to learn a lot (laughs) to successfully nurse him. He had a tongue tie and some musculoskeletal issues and on and on and on. So there were things going on that um, I needed to really learn a lot and work hard to breastfeed him. But I found it so rewarding to watch this little boy grow just from my body. And, you know... Mm -hmm. We tend to believe that we're capable of growing a human being in our body, but once they're born, a lot of us worry that we can't keep feeding them with our body. So that was, that was really awesome for me. So mm-hmm. I started to teach childbirth classes, mm-hmm. and the clients that I was teaching needed a lot more help with breastfeeding than with mm-hmm. the birth. So I wound up learning more and more and more to help my my childbirth class participants and uh, became a La Leche League leader because I had really learned a lot from La Leche League, gotten a lot of support, gotten a lot of assistance, and I wanted to pay it back. And then that was a huge learning curve. I continued to learn a lot as a leader. And when... A friend of mine decided she was going to take the uh, Ibelsi exam, our lactation consultant boards. I was like, oh, what a good idea. So I started to collect my continuing education Mm -hmm. hours and make some money so I could afford to pay the exam fee. And I took it. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's really inspiring. No, not inspiring touching the story which you tell about your own son and when you shared how you actually were fascinated how because I'm so fascinated how exactly how we can grow a human body (laughs) embryology is my my other big passion I think it's just miraculous how this baby grows and I agree then the baby's there and it is fascinating and miraculous how the baby keeps thriving. And I mean, a healthy baby, which is purely breastfed, they have such healthy, chubby cheeks and legs. And it's all from the milk. And the milk is obviously more than just the fat, which we can, <laughs> which we see under the skin. Um, maybe that is a lovely lead into, yeah, the topic we wanted to explore tonight in much more depth. What are all these literally miracles which reveal themselves through breastfeeding and we were in the email exchange we had. We, I was sharing how I find the, the baby's born and we can place a baby on mom's belly. And the baby would just, when I learned that the baby would just crawl up to the breast and start feeding because it knows it has all this inherent intelligence. 
And I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. Kathy. So how can that happen? They think that some of the sensory experiences babies have during birth prepare them to breastfeed. And we know that babies who are born by cesarean have more difficulty. They lose more weight. Mm -hmm. They are less likely mm -hmm. to be exclusively breastfed. Some of that is because there's more separation. But even when we give really good care, they still can have more difficulty. So there's something about the process of birth that gets the child ready. And then there are all of these sensory cues. The area around the nipple, the areola where the baby should really put their mouth, that's warmer mm -hmm. than the rest of mom's body. So that temperature differential, baby's hands wow. and feet are chilly because of their circulation isn't as robust when they're newly born. So that increases the difference between the breast, which is warm, and the baby's cool hands. So the baby seeks out mm -hmm. that warmth. There's also wow. the little Montgomery glands or areola glands. They look like little pimples on the outside mm -hmm. of the areola. Those make a smell. They, they help mm -hmm. lubricate the breast and keep the nipples um, able to stretch nicely keep the skin healthy, mm -hmm. kill some germs, but it also has a very distinctive smell that mm -hmm. is similar to the smells baby gets inside the mom and that draws the baby as well. So we've mm -hmm. got heat for touch senses. We've got a mm -hmm. specific smell that draws the baby to the mm -hmm. breast. And then baby's reflexes are turned on by touch sensation. So baby will rub their face on mom, rub their cheeks. That's called scanning. And the baby is feeling for those, that temperature change, that area where he's supposed to grab. He buries his little chin in the breast mm -hmm. and that lets the nipple brush against that cute little dent right above the, the upper mm -hmm. lip under the nose. That's called the philtrum. Mm -hmm. And when Baby gets touched the philtrum, he tilts his head back, opens his mouth wide, brings his tongue forward, and then he's a, he feels the breast and he grabs it. So there's all of these cues that tell the baby, here's mm -hmm. where the breast is. Mm -hmm. Wow. And am I right to think that actually the baby, because so often I guess we feel, oh, I need to help or I need to do it, but actually no. We just need to let, na in that moment, and the baby's born, we just need to give nature the space to do its thing. Absolutely, and not interfere. So pushing the baby's mm -hmm. head on the breast can cause them to pull their mm -hmm. tongue back. There's some very old research on that. Mm -hmm. um, and also pulling on the baby's hands or swaddling them down, mm -hmm. that can cause the baby confusion too, One of the important things they do before they bring their face to the breast is they bring their hands to the nipple and they play with the nipple area and that makes the nipple stick out more, makes it more prominent for the baby. And from about six weeks mm -hmm. of development in utero, the fetus brings their little hand to their face before wow. they swallow amniotic fluid. And as they get more and more mature, the hand comes to their mouth. 
So the so hand to mouth movements and mouth to hand movements, which help the baby find mm-hmm. the breast when their hands are on the breast, are another thing that helps the baby. And when we put mittens on mm-hmm. them, or we turn their t-shirt down mm-hmm. over their hands, mm-hmm. or we hold their arms down or pull mm-hmm. them away, we frustrate them. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't know about the the hands to mouth. That's fascinating. And in utero, the baby would do that also as a preparation? Yes, yes. that is built in. It's a very strong neurological Mm -hmm. connection. Mm -hmm. So babies actually, whilst they are in utero, are so much more sensing being than we probably think or than I often think. Yeah, their their behaviors are very complex. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what happens, that makes me think, Kathy, if what happens if that doesn't take place or if for some reason the baby can't be on the warm skin of mom, how how does that feel for a baby? I mean, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we have some clues from um, Dr. Nils Bergman's research mm-hmm. that when babies are separated from their mom, they're stressed. Their nervous system is both activated and inactivated. So we have two basic parts to our nervous system, our autonomic Mm -hmm. nervous system, the part that runs our unconscious body processes. So the sympathetic arm is the fight or flight, um, Mm -hmm. you know, let's, let's get moving and, and take care of this. Let's get away. And the parasympathetic, the rest, I just make friends, make love. And, and those usually work in tandem. Mm -hmm. We get the right balance between those two parts of our nervous system for what we're supposed to be doing right now. Like if you've Mm -hmm. ever gone to sleep and you're worried about something and you just can't fall asleep because your brain is going, going, Mm -hmm. you're stuck in too much Mm -hmm. sympathetic activation Mm -hmm. to fall asleep. Or if you're trying to, you know, somebody's yelling at you while you're trying to eat and your stomach is unhappy because your parasympathetic Mm -hmm. tone is being ruined by this threat of somebody yelling at you. Mm So babies tend to enter uh, a state when they're separated from their mom for, you know, and their cries aren't answered. They tend to get high sympathetic tone and high Mm -hmm. parasympathetic tone. And that puts them into this kind of freeze, very stressed, Mm -hmm. but very frozen Mm -hmm. state. So mm-hmm. really, it's not a good thing for babies, little mm-hmm. tiny babies to be alone. They learn over time mm-hmm. that they're safe and they're okay to lay down a little mm-hmm. bit and that their parents are there. Mm-hmm. But newborns really need to be cuddled by someone. And if mom is sick, mm-hmm. dad or grandma or, mm-hmm. you know, the nurse, mm-hmm. somebody else can cuddle the baby and help the baby mm-hmm. feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... We might go deep into that, all the benefits which there are for breastfeeding and one of the, do I hit correct, one of the actually, the the base things which we need for breastfeeding is that the baby is obviously calm and feels safe. Yes. And in your book, I'm not sure which author, which chapter it is, but maybe it is Neil's chapter, when he writes about these components of skin to skin, the mother smell, the connection and the relationship, this mother-baby 
diet, which is so utterly important. Would you mind talk a little bit more about that? And I think he also goes on to talk about how it is important for the future, which I'm not sure how many people are aware that actually in these first weeks of breastfeeding, we lay down the garden, the, 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 the soil for the child to grow. Yeah, yeah. The, the nervous system, you know, when, when we're born as human beings, our brain is fairly immature and it has many, many more nerve cells or neurons than it needs. And whichever ones are used will wire together and live. The ones that aren't used will die and get mm-hmm. eaten away by the, the immune system. They'll get broken down into, you know, their mm-hmm. constituent molecules and become food for the body. And this is a really important process, that pruning and wiring. Too many and messages get lost. So we need the right amount and we need them connected up in ways that are going to be helpful Mm -hmm. for the baby's future life. So breastfeeding Mm -hmm. tends to wire the parts of the brain that are involved in executive functioning. That's the ability to do what you need to do day to day to day to meet your goals, even if the goal is far away. And Mm -hmm. this is the most important component of success in life iq doesn't define your success you can be very bright and have no executive functioning and you just don't do well in school you don't do your homework Mm -hmm. you don't finish your you know Mm -hmm. what you need to do Mm -hmm. so this executive functioning is built Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. to sensitive parenting Mm -hmm. to that skin to skin and breastfeeding Mm -hmm. it's it's such a really cool thing Wow. Maybe that goes into too much detail, but why is that? Is that because, maybe that's super scientific, because some ingredients from the breast milk, literally, they really facilitate, they just facilitate, obviously, the maturation of the nervous system, or to put it simple. Well, they do. The the special sugar in human milk, Mm -hmm. lactose, it gets Mm -hmm. broken down into two parts. Lactose Mm -hmm. breaks down into energy and galactose becomes Mm -hmm. part of the very substance of the brain and helps the brain Mm -hmm. to mature and grow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So would it be over-exaggerated if one would say actually healthy breastfeeding really supports the child to grow to that strong centered personality? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there's research on that kids are less likely Mm -hmm. to be um, in trouble in school, like especially Mm -hmm. external externalizing behaviors, they're called. Mm -hmm. So um, being mean to other people, hurting Mm -hmm. other people, um, uh, being a bully, they're less likely to be to have those behavior problems. If they're breastfed, Mm -hmm. they still might Um, suffer from depression and other internalizing problems, but they're less likely to have externalizing problems as children Mm -hmm. and and adolescents. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you mentioned very in the beginning that when I asked you what fascinated you and you mentioned the word attaching, and of course, if we have skin to skin and breastfeed on one level, we get the breast milk, but then there is this whole other component And I wonder, how does that support the child, just as an on-top extra? Yes, yes. Well, that that 
connection, that being skin to skin with your parent, with someone who loves you, is mm-hmm. vital. The baby, the baby's heart rate is different. It's safer mm. if they're being cuddled by someone who loves them. They breathe better if they're being cuddled by someone who loves them. There's all these, Nils calls them hidden regulators that happen mm. when baby is being cuddled by someone who really loves them. And it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a biological parent. Like co-moms wow. can have the same effect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby can be mm-hmm. a, a result of a, a donor egg or mm-hmm. donor sperm. Mm-hmm. And the parent mm-hmm. who loves them mm-hmm. can still have that effect on mm-hmm. the baby. So it's, Mm -hmm. you know, there's some biology involved because parents' brains remodel Mm -hmm. during pregnancy. The the mother's brain remodels a lot, but her partner, their brain remodels too to have more social discrimination so they can decide who's safe to be around their baby. Wow. So is that... I didn't, I didn't, wow, I didn't, I just want to say, tell more about how does mom's brain remodel. Is that exactly how it does it, mom? That, that's for dad or, the par- or co-mom or the partner. Mom's brain remodels to make the baby mm-hmm. more rewarding. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. think, you think about your baby. I mean, my kids are in their mid thirties mm-hmm. and I think about them and I just smile. It's like, oh, my kids. Um, when they're here, Mm -hmm. when they visit, my heart is Mm -hmm. so full and, you know, they're just so rewarding. And I didn't find babies and kids that rewarding before I got pregnant. I I liked them, but not like, not like Mm -hmm. I do now. So, uh, mom's brain also remodels to have more patience and to get less freaked out when babies cry. And that happens to different Mm -hmm. degrees in different individuals. But one of Mm -hmm. the things that scientists think triggers child abuse is when the parent thinks, oh, the baby's manipulating me when they cry or when Mm -hmm. they get very, Mm -hmm. when the parent feels very unsafe when the baby Mm -hmm. cries and that makes Mm -hmm. them less likely to care for the baby. So this Mm -hmm. brain development that causes you to be calmer when your baby cries, still want to help them to have empathy Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And then the third big change is that the theory of mind, Um, we get better at figuring out how other people are feeling from their facial expressions and their nonverbal communications because Mm -hmm. babies Mm -hmm. communicate without words at first. Mm -hmm. Wow. There was, just something and now it just left my mind wow that's so uh, that's so fascinating ah exactly whilst you talked I was thinking that's so beautiful so actually breastfeeding pregnancy delivery it doesn't just invite us to trust the baby's intuition but also our own intuition knowing that maybe we might even as mom or as dad actually get closer to these very deep instincts and then trust if we feel this person is safe or this person I don't want to give my baby because it's yeah. the wisdom of our body revealing itself. Yes. That's so beautiful, Kathy. Yes, exactly. It's it's so exciting mm. to, to learn all of these really mm-hmm. cool things. Yeah. And that what that I mean that is what birth and what's 
breastfeeding does. It's nature and it brings us closer to nature. And that makes me ask and I think, wow, what? Of course, I'm sure you are aware that um, we people are breastfeeding, but many people are also not breastfeeding or give up very quickly or just just take it for normal granted that they use the bottle. How do you overcome these challenges when you meet parents or mothers who you know there is actually no medical reason why they shouldn't, but they think it's easy or they how do you overcome these these challenges yeah. knowing how many thousand benefits it brings i find that sometimes difficult yeah no it it is difficult because my heart breaks for people who have so many social challenges that they can't make breastfeeding work and what it comes down to is we were never meant to do this alone we were meant to have the support of a society that would help feed us, help mm-hmm. do laundry for us, help take care of our older children mm-hmm. so that we could have this time to establish breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. here in the U.S., uh, maternity leave is not guaranteed. Many moms mm-hmm. will have six weeks of disability. They'll get partial pay. And mm-hmm. others will not get any pay at all or any time mm-hmm. off. So this is a real difficult thing. Our society mm-hmm. does not put resources into supporting young families. Other places mm-hmm. in the world, there's tremendous support for young families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was thinking, I often think about what is... What is the role of each individual of us? What is the role of our society or what is each of us' responsibility to facilitate breastfeeding? And probably it's exactly what you say. It's maybe sometimes actually less about the baby, but in first place, care for mom or care around all the circumstances around that mom can just be and breastfeed. Yeah, yeah, and recover. You know, there's this Mm -hmm. huge wound inside your uterus where that placenta was. And you really need time Mm -hmm. to recover. Your your joints become lax during pregnancy. They relax so Mm -hmm. that your belly can expand and your distribution Mm -hmm. of weight can change. So many things happen during Mm -hmm. pregnancy. And then they slowly change postpartum. And Mm -hmm. you need rest for this to happen. And you need protection against Mm -hmm. stress, too. It's stressful becoming mm-hmm. a new family for the first time. And, you know, you're mm-hmm. concerned, am I doing this right? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't showered yet today. It, it's a mm-hmm. really difficult thing. So having someone who can come and clean your bathroom and do some laundry for mm-hmm. you, bring a meal. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are huge gifts. Um, mm-hmm. I usually discourage people from letting people in the house who just want to hold the baby, you know, let people come who will clean your bathroom. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah. Yeah. In the UK, there are these programs you, where you can order amazing organically cooked food and then it's delivered as a present for the yes. just moms. I think it's so amazing. <laughs> That's the one gift to, to give them. It's a wonderful gift. Mm-hmm. So next to... So if a mom comes and she struggles breastfeeding in season practice, yes, of course, you look at all... Are there any technical details you need to look at if the mom but also that would be a big part of the advice you would give or more encouragement to 
Is that correct? You, as a lactation consultant, you look at obviously the whole family unit. It's not just the baby issue. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm always thrilled if dad mm-hmm. or co-mom, grandma, whoever, whoever's there to include them because, mm-hmm. um, dads and female partners too want to solve problems. That's part of the partner mm-hmm. role, the co-parent mm-hmm. role. They want to solve problems. So if you can give them specific things that they can do to help hold the baby's feet, you know, let the baby rest the mm-hmm. soles of their feet in your hand if they're flailing so they feel secure, mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. to the baby soothingly if the baby's mm-hmm. a little frustrated, carry the baby a little bit. There are many things mm-hmm. that partners can do, and this helps them feel safer and more secure and like they're contributing and like they're mm-hmm. important. Sometimes dads feel very left out when mm-hmm. mom's breastfeeding. So mm-hmm. letting them see how important they are and how their role is mm-hmm. different, but still very important to the baby's future health and mental mm-hmm. health is. Mm. And and how do you deal with the challenge? I'm now thinking, I'm sure there must also be situations where it's maybe actually yeah, medically not possible to breastfeed. Yes. Um, how do you then support moms that they still can give the most they can to the baby? Or also how if maybe there are listeners who were not able to breastfeed the baby and one could also fall into deep fear and worries. Wow, I... But I'm sure there must be also other, yeah, how do you deal with that yeah. challenge? Grief of mom not being able to or medical reasons? Yeah, yeah. What, one of the important things is emotional support, like really to empathize with however the mom is feeling. Often they're feeling very sad and mourning and just mm-hmm. e- empathizing that, yes, this is a loss. This is something that is painful that you really dreamed of. And now your baby has a cleft palate and can't get milk at the breast by themselves. Let's see if maybe the baby can go to the breast for comfort or if we can use a little tube to give them mm-hmm. some extra milk at the breast or if there's not enough mm-hmm. milk production. So often we can do a combination of feeding mm-hmm. at the breast with some special tool and feeding mm-hmm. away from the breast. Mm-hmm. Um, we can use donor milk or formula mm-hmm. and feed it close to mom's body or with mom's Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. So working out something that feels good to each individual family Mm -hmm. so that they Mm -hmm. get cuddle time with their baby. If the baby's not capable of breastfeeding, maybe spending some time skin to skin every day. Feeding, Mm -hmm. if baby needs to feed from a bottle, bottle feeding with the baby's cheek on the breast and the baby cuddled to to the parent's body. Sometimes that is a nice mm-hmm. option for families. Mm-hmm. So understanding, mm-hmm. not putting my feelings on the family, but understanding how the family's feeling and affirming that, walking mm-hmm. through that mm-hmm. tough morning with the family, and then mm-hmm. coming up with some ways to keep that attachment, that cuddling to make feeding as mm-hmm. nice as is possible for that baby mm. and that pe- family. Wow. Mm-hmm. You are so much more than an, you're a lactation consultant, but really I'm not thinking, wow, you are a, a family consultant. 
there is by working. There mm-hmm. is a lot of psychosocial work that goes mm-hmm. into being a lactation consultant, and that's now being recognized mm-hmm. by our board. And people have to have a certain mm-hmm. amount of training. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that now also makes me think. Because he said psychological stress and anxiety can be one of the biggest barriers towards also successful breastfeeding, right? Why is that? There's some. If mom is very stressed or anxious. There's some research that shows that um, milk ejection, pushing the milk down to the baby, may take a little longer if the mother is very stressed. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stop you from making milk, but it may take a little longer for the baby to get milk when they go to the breast. But the biggest barrier, again, with anxiety is it makes mom have a hard time reading the baby's cues and giving the baby what they need. The more anxious a mom gets, the less sensitive she's able to be to the baby. And if you don't Mm -hmm. feed the baby when they're hungry, your milk supply starts to decrease. And um, if -hmm. you think you're not Mm -hmm. making enough milk just Mm -hmm. because of anxiety, Mm -hmm. then you start to give the Mm -hmm. baby too much much other food, Mm -hmm. too too much formula, too many bottles. Mm -hmm. And then the the breastfeeding falls away without you meaning Mm -hmm. it to or wanting it to. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. anxiety is something we really need to Mm -hmm. work with. I love that you said the less, the more anxious mom is, the less sensitive she is towards the body, because that's what I know for myself. And I'm sure many listeners can relate to if we are super anxious or worried, it's, we are not really, I'm not really in touch with my physical self and I'm somewhere floating in my mind. And in these moments, I mean, I couldn't, I even struggle to relate to a neighbor or to listen to my sister or whatever. So that makes, but I think that's beautifully put. She isn't, being able to, what did you say, <laughs> sensitive towards a child. Yes. So if she doesn't feel her own body, how can she yeah, feel the baby's yeah, body? Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things that we do mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. to give the parent mm-hmm. confidence and strategies to deal with that, that anxiety. Because mm-hmm. it's a normal mm-hmm. thing when we give birth. Mm-hmm. Many people become anxious. Many people become depressed. Mm-hmm. Some become both. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just having support mm-hmm. from someone who really knows that breastfeeding is robust and it it mm-hmm. almost always mm-hmm. works. I mean, just like hearts mm-hmm. don't always work, breasts don't always mm-hmm. work. And that's sad mm-hmm. and we need, mm-hmm. you know, we need better support mm-hmm. medically mm-hmm. for when, mm-hmm. when those body parts don't work. Mm-hmm. But being able to mm-hmm. be an emotional support and give some strategies mm-hmm. that parents can use mm-hmm. to, to help mm-hmm. to reduce some of that anxiety. Mm-hmm. I, I think that wow, that's that just, a big yeah, thing. Yeah, that just really touched me. I thought, wow, yeah, actually, your work as a lactation consultant, you really support and have supported so many women to to trust, to trust their body, their nature, knowing that I've got this it's in me I've got this and this makes me wonder or I think wow I would love I'm sure how if let's say a young woman she is pregnant she is awaiting a baby and I I think that's also that's partly why I do the podcast I sometimes see in our society we are actually very disconnected from our body or our femininity our 
body parts like breasts. We rarely explore, touch mm -hmm. ourselves, feel, tune ourselves. What can a woman do before the baby is there to, in a lightful way, yeah. <laughs> other than just reading books, how can I get in touch with my breastfeeding nature, with my breast, with, with all these things? What... Um, well, HA League and similar mother-to-mother -mother support groups are wonderful places to go during pregnancy. Mm. And p women, uh, people, period, well, HA League is, um, you know, if you're trans or you're gay, you're welcome at well, HA League mm. meetings. Mm. Um, so anyone who is having a baby or anticipating breastfeeding or chestfeeding mm -hmm. a baby mm -hmm. is welcome at well HA league meetings mm -hmm. and you can see other people handling their babies, feeding their babies. You can get lots of real world information mm -hmm. and just understanding what's going to happen. Like there are some very predictable challenges and knowing about them in advance is priceless. Like the second night feeding frenzy. When babies are first born, they'll nurse and then they'll sleep for a few hours to mm -hmm. recover from the work of, of, fee of getting born and mm -hmm. latching onto the breast and learning how to nurse. And th the second night, the baby's really thirsty because they were drinking a lot of amniotic fluid. And now they're getting that first mm -hmm. milk, which is thick like honey and sticky. Mm -hmm. It's so baby can learn to swallow, close their airway, swallow, open their airway, breathe. So it's like training wheels for learning to coordinate wow. swallowing and breathing. But the mm -hmm. baby gets thirsty by day two because they're not getting as much. Mm -hmm. So they eat like crazy, usually that second night after their birth. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. many moms think, oh, no, I don't have any milk. This baby will not stop eat, mm -hmm. looking for food understanding this is a normal thing and usually by the next day mm -hmm. there's much more milk and the baby settles down mm -hmm. first baby may do it for two days the second night and the third mm -hmm. night but then things mm -hmm. settle down when mm -hmm. the milk increases a lot mm -hmm. and then understanding that you know mm -hmm. by six weeks it's a lot easier than two weeks <laughs> and two weeks is a lot easier than two to three mm -hmm. days. And that, you know, this is just the normal mm -hmm. trajectory. That that can be mm -hmm. so reassuring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I can, I can imagine to really, in a way also to dare to just get in touch with the topic and to know as much as possible, again, in a light way, almost also a bit demystifying, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so that once we breastfeed, it's, we know a little bit what to expect. And I'm sure, yeah, I, I sometimes use allegedly resources to find out stuff. It's amazing. Um, it's such a great resource. And it's nice, I, I could imagine, to go to meetings, to actually talk, to hear from other people. And you've partly now touched up on that. We have to talk, Kathy, about the, the wonder milk because the breast milk, it's so much more than milk. I mean, we could talk about that <laughs> for for hours and hours. I'd love to hear everything about it. Um, there are so many things to the breast milk, which people don't know. Yes. And when I've learned about it, yes, yes. it blew my mind. Yeah. Tell us what makes it literally wonder milk. I, I have two particular favorites. One <laughs> on. is the way that fat, um, the milk fat is, it's covered in a double membrane the milk fat globule membrane 
and it has digestive enzymes in it. Mm. When the part of our intestines that should absorb fats is the first part, the duodenum, and Mm -hmm. the human milk has a special enzyme that turns on when the milk gets to the duodenum and digests the fat for the baby. Babies aren't good at making their own fat-digesting enzymes. Mm-hmm. And that's why when babies don't breastfeed, they, they need to get formula. They can't just get straight cow's milk because the fats in cow's milk are very different fats. Cows mm-hmm. have different kinds of stomachs. They have four stomachs. Mm-hmm. And human babies only have one. And our digestive mm-hmm. system works differently. And so that fat, milk fat needs to be taken out and replaced with vegetable fats in formula. But even then, they're not as well absorbed. If Mm -hmm. moms can only make a little bit of milk, if they put a teaspoon of their milk in their baby's formula bottle, that helps the baby digest the fats. So that's one thing I like so much. And then they think there are Mm -hmm. some things that that membrane around the fat does to help the baby's immune system. Wow. Okay. The second thing and, yeah. that I really love about human milk is that there's a two-way communication between mm-hmm. baby saliva and mom's breast that feeds baby the exact antibodies they need to things that they were exposed to. So say baby's in daycare. You go to work, baby's getting a germ from daycare, baby's saliva tells your breast, hey, I've been exposed to this germ. And the next day you're giving the baby antibodies against that germ so they don't get as sick or they may not get sick at all. They may just be like want to nurse really often for a day or two till they feel better. Wow. Wow. So So in the moment, that's so important because sometimes you hear from parents or someone can be afraid I shouldn't breastfeed baby because I had a cold or I was a fever for cold, but actually even more a reason to breastfeed them. Exactly, exactly. If if mm-hmm. you're sick, you've already been giving the baby antibodies to that illness before you even had symptoms. Mm-hmm. Wow. And also I'm now thinking how, is that right? The breast milk is literally every, almost every portion, every, how to say, every feed the milk difference from day to the time of the feed yes. to the age of the child. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, That's also there's so day and night differences in the milk. Mm-hmm. So it babies slowly learn how to sleep a little longer at night, but it's normal mm-hmm. for human babies to get up. They, they may get mm-hmm. up to 40% of their calories between midnight and 5 a.m., So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a lot. And that can Mm -hmm. be really difficult in a society where you're Mm -hmm. expected to do everything you've always done before having a baby Mm -hmm. and not getting as much sleep. So over time, we think that the different composition of the milk during the day and at night starts to help the baby's brain mature so the baby can sleep more. Um, Breastfeeding moms have shorter interruptions Mm -hmm. in their sleep at Mm -hmm. night. They may Mm -hmm. get up a little more often, but Mm -hmm. they 
need mm-hmm. to get up for a shorter period of time because nursing is mm-hmm. very quick and easy. You don't have to mm-hmm. heat anything or go to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You can just cuddle your baby and lay down and, and feed. You want to lay down on a safe surface, so like a safe, mm-hmm. firm mattress, not a couch mm-hmm. or a recliner. Those are not safe mm-hmm. surfaces. Wow. Yeah, and then obviously that now makes me think, yeah, and then if mom sleeps, if she breastfeeds and she has better sleep, that gives her more energy, gives her then more potential to be sensitive to the child. And yes. then we are back with that mom-baby yeah, yeah, yeah. diet, how yeah. it's obviously, yeah, yeah, it's a relationship. It is, and it's still a challenge. I don't want mm-hmm. to minimize how mm-hmm. difficult no. sleep deprivation mm-hmm. is during mm-hmm. early parenting. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. hard. But mm-hmm. the body does numerous mm-hmm. things to help us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When the baby sleeps near the mom, either, mm-hmm. you know, in a bassinet mm-hmm. right next to the bed or a coast, bedside mm-hmm. co-sleeper, or if the family has chosen safe co-sleeping mm-hmm. in the same bed, the baby and the mom's sleep schedule synchronize. Mm-hmm. So that the baby's mm-hmm. less likely to wake you up out of a very deep sleep where you feel disoriented mm-hmm. and awful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, so you've been 1992, you started working as a lactation consultant. And right at the beginning, you said at the moment you, you write a lot or you kind of back off a little bit from clinical practice. What are your projects at the moment? Or what is, what is it? What I always like to ask, what, what makes you feel alive at the moment, <laughs> Kathy? <Yeah>. What <laughs> makes you excited to get up to in the morning? What's, what? Right now I'm working on a, a class, an advanced practice class for lactation consultants and mm-hmm. other professionals who work with breastfeeding babies on understanding the sounds babies make when they swallow and breathe. Um, we use a stethoscope mm-hmm. and under the baby's chin or at the side of mm-hmm. the baby's neck and, uh, we can get a lot of information about how well they're feeding, how well they're swallowing from that. So I'm working on a, on a multi-session course on that, that uh, Barbara wow. Robertson of lactolearning.com is going to be hosting that for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that's my... And that will then hopefully, that's your current project. Yeah, yeah. that's my current project. Plus I'm, you know, traveling mm-hmm. around and lecturing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No plans to come to the UK soon. I would like to, <laughs> but you should. It would be yeah. I could um, organize a lecture for. I'm I'm working at the I'm pediatric osteopath. Yes, um, and obviously we see so many. I mean, you have a beautiful chapter in your book about cranial osteopathy yep, and yep. how it how it can help if there are breastfeeding difficulties. Or actually, I also have to say very often then to treat mom yes. doesn't equal big contribution. That brings us back to what we said, what is our role as a society yeah, to yeah. equally support mom to help her to come to a neutral and restful yeah, yeah. state. Some breast pain is musculoskeletal mm-hmm. in, in origin, yes. um, yeah. you know, and the increased mm-hmm. weight of the breast that increases mm-hmm. the risk that you're going to have some of that cartilage pain and just mm-hmm. the, holding mm-hmm. the baby, especially non-ergonomic mm-hmm. positions. So, Helping with ergonomic mm. positioning is mm. something lactation consultants do, and mm. osteopaths can certainly help with body strains. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's mm-hmm. so much that uh, that yeah. that hands-on can be 
you know, really important for her. And I would, I would absolutely love to come back. It's been years since I've been in the UK. You should. (laughs) I'll be your first one to book a ticket (laughs) and spread the word. Uh, Yeah. And I mean, talking about that also, I think almost wraps it nicely down to in the end where it all starts is the, isn't it that we spread the awareness about the importance. If mom goes to La Leche League before she gives birth and she learns about what are all the benefits and then simply we just can't compare it to the bottle. We just, it's not to judge it. We just can't compare it. It's just a fact. And the same for us osteopath for any, it's, if I have greater knowledge or awareness of what are all the touching benefits, then I'm more likely to invest even more to support that mom-baby diet to make it work. Absolutely, absolutely. Biology is the most amazing science. Mm. Mm-hmm. Kathy, if there is, well, maybe there were many of those things, but if there is one thing which you, from what we now talked, or also just generally about the breastfeeding, if there is one thing you would like all the listeners to take with them, what would that be? That breastfeeding is much more than just the product of human milk. It's a whole process that develops the baby's lungs, the baby's facial muscles, the baby's jawbone for room for the teeth, the baby's airway. There's so much more to it than just getting that milk into the baby. So understanding that breastfeeding as a process is valuable. And even if you make little or no milk, having baby at the breast is still Mm. a really important way to support that baby's development. It's not all about the milk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I will carry that message into the world. I think that's a wonderful place to stop. Thank you so much for Thank having me, Thank you so Farina. much, Kathy. It was an honor to talk to you. You're the first guest from New York City, <laughs> which is exciting as well. Yeah, I'm deeply touched and re-inspired myself. It was my great pleasure to be here. Thank you again for asking me. It was so much fun. And I'll see you in the UK. (laughs) Oh, I hope so. I I would be very excited. I hope you enjoyed this episode and conversation and that you gained a lot of inspiration and insights and that it widened your horizon just as much as mine. And I do hope that, yes, that it blew your mind and heart as much as mine when I learned about the miracles of breastfeeding and that you are partly left with an open mouth and a gesture of, whoa, this is my nature too. And as always, I'm so grateful and looking forward to be reading your thoughts and comments about this episode on Instagram or Facebook or any podcast platform you're listening from at the moment. Tell me, what did you take from this episode and how did it inspire your path and your journey? Any like, review, comment, subscription to this channel is a huge support, I tell you, and will definitely help me to keep this project going. So yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And also, as always, 
an absolutely huge thank you to the band Esperian, which is playing the wonderful intro and outro music. You can find the full track and all their details in the show notes too. I wish you a wonderful day, evening, morning, week, months. Trust your feet, body and heart. Love, Florina.